Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Eamon mentioned though in the news a few moments ago that the government is going to launch this new plan today to try and tackle racism and they've carried out a report and found that racism is embedded at every level of society and experienced by a wide variety of groups and I want to hear your stories and your experiences today of this. Toby is with us on the line in Limerick. Toby can you well what's your experience? Well um, thank you for having me on uh, here um, this afternoon. Well basically my experience stems back back to 1999 to early 2000 and that's when my first initial um uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, my first time, I even know the word racism. So, me coming back, I mean, me coming from um, I'm, I'm Nigeria, from a young age, but so by the age of ten, ten years old, and um, not not knowing what this word means, racism. All all I I experienced at that time was my teachers back in um, Selbridge. So I grew up in Selbridge and my teachers didn't know how to deal with two groups of individuals. The first group was the traveling community and then the second group was um, people or someone of color. And what they'd done was to shove us back in the back of the class and just kind of paint there and just just do what you need to do because my accent was different and um, um, and my mannerisms were different. And of course, saying to my fellow brothers and sisters from the tribal community. And um, so, so, so from then on, then I, I, then I looked to society mm. at that time and, and, and I, I got a stark realization that there's this word called racism, which I, I did not, it did not, it, it, it wasn't a concept back where I came from. Because back in Nigeria, um, when we see somebody that is of different, we actually want to protect that person. And I had, I, I, back in school in Nigeria, I had many people from um, other ethnic minorities and, and we protected them as such. Um, so going, coming, Coming over here at such a young age, I thought I was going to receive the same. Yeah. In fact, I actually, I actually bragged about it with, to my friends, saying now I'm going to be treated like a royalty and, and so on and so forth. But to my, to my amusement, it was, it, was, it was quite the opposite. But then, then, then growing up, then I saw that, oh, actually, this was a... Uh, um, this has actually been in, in, in the Irish society and has not been addressed long before the borders were open or before the Celtic Tiger, before, before immigrants, you know, came, came in or expats came into Ireland. Because there was a group of people already here that were treat, treated in, in, in humane fa- uh, fashion, which were the travelers. So, so, so I that kind of gave me a little bit of solace to say, ah, okay, so it's not me. It's actually them. Okay. And, and who then is, it's in every single aspect of society. You name it. Do you, um, do you from think, top, bottom down. Has it, has it got 
better? Have things improved, Toby, in in in, in the last number of years, or do you think things have got worse? I I, I feel like that question is, is 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 a little bit like like putting a, a bandage on because it could also me saying it's better in some aspects is taken away from the aspect that it's not, and vice versa. So so I can't I can't I. It's 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 very hard to quantify, but so, so but from my own personal experience, every day when I wake up, I know I have to go face, I have to go face pre- pre- prejudice, um, unconscious biases, and stereotypes, and and so on and so forth. So I I kind of have to give myself a little bit of prep talk, talk for the past almost mm. twenty five and thirty years, you know, here in Ireland, and and at this stage for me. Um, it's it's quite it's 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 exhausting, and I've just I've just um, formulated plan to to either not be in those spaces, so to not go to sp- um, places or to not deal with in- individuals that's gonna make me feel such emotions and feelings, and so so I stay within within my means and my group and and to do what I need to do to 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 get by okay. and to have a lead. Can you, Toby, I'm just trying to, you know, to, to get an, an insight like, into the experiences and the examples that you're talking about. Can can you give me, you know, one or two examples of how you feel this or see this or experience it, you know, day to day or, or every day? Yeah, of course. So so not to leave, um, um, relieve any, any, any traumas because growing up in Ireland has been filled with a lot of trauma, actually. Uh, within society, and then and then you add life life issues onto that. So so I will give you maybe two two examples um, from when I was uh, I was a teenager, and and now as as a as a as a older teenager. Um, so so basically when I was when I was growing up, there was an incident. Uh, I, I'm a I'm, I'm a multidisciplinary artist, and that's how I. I, I, that's what I've, I've saved me, actually. That's what I've used to be able to channel those traumas into something. Um, so, so let's say when I'm going to my um, um, training, um, um, yeah, training session, there's often incidents whereby full-grown adults will see me. Back then I was like, let's say, 15, 16, 17, let's say, and they would purposely and try to hit me with the car. Um, so, so they will, they will swivel, swivel the car to try hit me. Um, I don't know if that's a joke or as a... You name it. So, 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 so those kind of experiences and then roll down and throw milk, milk at me or... Yeah, to try... To so try very to aggressive... Me. That's that's it. Like that's assault, Toby. Really, what you're describing, and 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 that and and, and that's, that became a norm actually. Um, at the age of twelve years old, at twelve or thirteen, um, my best friend, uh, well, at that time, anyways, um, we we were walking to school, and there was an individual on a motorbike, and the individual. On the motorbike, took out a, his helmet, he, helmet, and drove past and hit my friend across the back with his helmet, 
and my friend literally flew across the street, you know, like across the street. Mm. So, so all of those trauma, tra- uh, traumatic experiences compounded into one. And let's say, you know, the teenage discos, you know, we go to the teenage disco as a kid. We go to teenage disco to socialize. And very often do we see a parent telling their children not to associate with, don't, I don't want you to, I don't want you at, uh, with those set of group of people. So very, very, very uh, rarely we will get the shift, you know, <laughs> or, or, or yeah. you name it, you know. As, well, as, very, as a very, exclu- a yeah, very, like very excluding, Toby, like, and it must have been, yeah, very, so, it must have been very hard as a, you know, a teenager I mean, actually see, seeing this and experiencing this and hearing this. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's something that I cannot, I'm, and that's just the, and that's just the bare minimum of it that I'm okay. that I'm sharing. You know, let, um, let, let me, Toby. Eric is with us as well. Let, let um, I want to bring Eric in to join us here in the in the conversation, if you don't mind. Um, because Eric, you've been listening to Toby there and and some of what he's described. You're a student in college at the moment. Like, what's your experience of this? Yeah, firstly, I want to say that it's it's so tragic to hear that people are having these experiences with racism and. Um, uh, exclusionary uh, reactions and responses to simply being in Ireland uh, in their experiences here in Ireland. I'm a student uh, at, at the University of Galway, but I'm also the politics coordinator of an organization called Black and Irish. And what we aim to do uh, with Black and Irish is to, to enhance the quality of life for Black and Irish people here in Ireland, but also to affect the effective integration of Black and Irish people into wider Irish society. And we've heard countless stories like Toby's about how people have been meant to feel as if they don't belong here in Ireland. And I think for us, uh, as a people, as Irish people, we have to try our best to not limit um, the definitional space within which we define what Irishness is. But I think once we encompass stories like those of Toby's or mine as someone who's black and Irish or people from other ethnic minority backgrounds, we can learn to see one another as, as, as belonging to the common cloth of Irishness, despite our colour um, and our racial background. So there's a lot of work I think our nation mm. has to do to get well, to where we get to. The, 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 like, I mean, some of the st- stuff and the instances that Toby has described, like, yeah. it's absolutely, it's horrendous. Like, it's shocking what Toby has just outlined. Uh, have you have you dealt with similar situations, Eric? Yeah, I, I, I think my, my experiences with racism are, are no doubt numerous, but they probably in nature are different to, to Toby's. What Toby has described as an act of violence colored by racism. In my case, uh, I remember being in, in like junior third year and having my geography teacher teach a class about Africa. Uh, I came from a back, background with a mother who was very proudly African. So she taught me about the fact that great figures have come from Africa, that Africa is very wealthy in terms of minerals and resources and culture. But in this geography class, the teacher was telling the whole class the opposite, that Africa was an impoverished nation uh, relying on the West for support. And I tried to clash that narrative with that narrative i said to the teacher i said that's not true i said there's much more in africa for us to see when he what what, what would say now gaslit me and undermined what i said and said no africa is poor and what myself and my classmates were scared of in that moment was the fact that he was arming our class with prejudices and stereotypes that they were going to meet with us in the schoolyard and that's what i've been met with my whole life people looking at me and because of my blackness, assuming that I can't or that I don't belong in particular spaces or that I come from a continent or people who are poor and impoverished. 
And I think it's these stereotypes and prejudicial thoughts that we need to really, as a people, try and challenge so we can see each other as common human beings and uh, common people uh, within the, the yeah. Irish framework. This this plan that's been announced today um, to try and, you know, systematically deal with the issue of, of racism in Ireland, how do you do that, Eric? Like, what would you like to see included in this plan? It's a fantastic question. I like to see for for cases like the one that Toby outlined, hate speech legislation, rather, um, and 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 um, a particular focus on acts that are inspired by racism that cause and inflict violence. I'd also like to see more done from the government to cultivate intercultural spaces where we can learn from one another. You know, in many of the cases of racism that I experienced when I was younger, it came from the fact that people spoke from ignorance. I, I can remember cases of being. 10 or in primary school and having people call me racial slurs like the n-word but i go to the homework club with many of these people these young children who didn't know any better and probably heard these things from their parents and then they need me for maths homework or they join the football team i was in and slowly i was able to see a change in their paradigm i think once you put together our young people in an intercultural space where they can appreciate their common humanity it leads to our prejudices being shattered so i like to see the government take robust action when it comes to empowering the youth sector to bring together young people from disparate backgrounds to try and achieve this, as well as the more robust things. Political representation, we need more black people, more people from ethnic minority backgrounds in uh, government shaping policy. Um, so we need to see stuff on that front as well. Okay. Do you, do, Toby, how, what would you like to see included? Like, how do you change societal attitudes? I mean, I mean, Eric, I've, I've, I've summed up um, a good chunk of it there, uh, you know, and... Um, and he's, he's, he's doing fat, um, fantastic work on that behalf. But for me, I, I, I feel like I feel like like it's a it's a it's a so Ireland is in the cost of change, and we have to accept that Ireland is no longer the island it was 20, 25, 30 years ago. It's it, it, it's new and vibrant, and 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 it could actually um, lead change not only in Europe but worldwide. On what it means to be unified as a nation, and to 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 to, to nurture a, uh, a cohesive um, um, society that works on a, on every level for everybody in a um, in in an equity and just system. So so it's not it's it's not to bring in a bill um, and 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 not to not to um, action the bill in places that needs to be um, um, actioned in. Mm. So, so from, 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 top level, from, top, from top level down, every fabric, fabric of um, um, society. So, for example, now, um, let's say we have a um, housing crisis in Ireland. Now, so that housing crisis is affecting everybody. Yeah. But those people that have been affected the most... It's some, it, 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 uh, the ethnic minority um, okay. Um, uh, okay. and, and the traveling um, community. You, you understand? It, 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 it has to be very specific. Yeah, okay. No, it's a, it's, yeah. a, it's a fair point. And I suppose that's that's what I'm trying to get an insight today into, like, how do you actually bring about change? Because, you know, the National Action Plan and, and you know, Action Plan... Um, well, how many points are you putting it and publishing it and there'll be a load of fanfare about it but how do you actually stop the examples and the incidents that, that you, Toby and, and Eric have, have described? I mean, I'm, I'm trying to I suppose, understand in a tangible way how you actually bring about this change. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan weekdays at midday on News Talk.
We're talking about how racist um, is Ireland a racist country and what's your experience of this? And we're asking this today because the government is launching a new uh, plan, a national plan to try and tackle racism in this country. They carried out a report. They found that racism is embedded at every level of society. And we spoke to Toby and Eric just before the break there to hear their experience. Um, I mean, some of it was just pretty incredible to hear it. It's unbelievable. Sam is with us on the line, though, too. Sam, you're originally from the US. You're now living in Ireland. What's your point on this? Um, to put it bluntly, I think we as white people collectively have to do better and be better. And that's the act of tackling racism and being wholly, you know, anti, anti-racist lies with us, not with the black, indigenous and people of colour community. What's your experience, Sam, um, of this? So one point that really sticks out uh, to me would be um, previously with a very large international employer, um, we were hiring for our team and a CV came in that was to white people. The name on it was very clearly somebody who would be a person of colour. And they were very well qualified. And comments were thrown around amongst the team about how they would tick the diversity box. You know, there, there's a quota, that type of thing. We'll interview them just to say. Um, and I just thought that was really off-putting, um, especially considering me sitting beside these people, white and an immigrant. But that would never, ever, ever be said about me. Because of your skin colour. Exactly. And that that shows just how systemic racism exists within the white white people and the white community. Like, it's there from the time that we are children. And it is is so ingrained in us that it's just, we don't see it. And... Because it, it's an unconscious bias and it and, and you don't realize it until you start kind of educating yourself and learning from, you know, black, indigenous and people of color and listening to their lived experiences. And then you start to see that, like, even if I was lined up beside somebody who was like colorism exists. Right. So if I was lined up with beside someone who was, you know, a, a lighter skinned person of color. I would automatically be assumed to be white or, or Irish or English or North American, like American, Canadian, whichever, simply because of my skin color. You know, and then the person who's beside me that is of, you know, a, a darker or like a lighter skinned colored person would be assumed to be the immigrant. And that's that's kind of the simplest way that I can explain how we benefit as white people from these systems of oppression that's based solely on race. Can I, the, the example that you mentioned in the, um, you know, compiling candidates for a job interview, out of curiosity, Sam, was that recent? No, it was a few years ago. A few years ago. But I'm sure ago. it still okay. happens. Yeah. And, and, and did you say anything at the time? I'm, I'm just curious as to what the reaction was. I looked at them very taken aback and I, and I did be like, you can't say that, you know, but I myself openly admit that I wasn't, I didn't stand up as much as I probably should have. 
because at the time, even even myself didn't realize just, you know, kind of how normalized behavior like this is amongst all of us. And, you know, like, it, it leads me to question, at what point do we forget that these people that, that these people that were making these comments are on are they're human beings. They're just like us, you know, and yet we choose to make jokes or comments and box them away as something different or other. And now I would absolutely stand up in an outrage and, and call them out on it and, and say blatantly, that is racist. Like you can't you can't be doing that. You can't be saying things like this. Mm. Um, just from your own experience, you mentioned you're like you're, you know you live in Ireland, Sam. Um, do you notice much difference here, like between here and the states, or have things improved in Ireland? Have they got worse? No, I'd say it's the same. I only had um, some, I'm sure, good intentioned um, churchgoers call to my house a few weeks ago, and somehow we got onto a topic, and he. The gentleman at the door tried to tell me about how racism was way worse back in his day, or in his parents' day. And I just, I called him out on it. And I was like, it's not that, it's not that it hasn't changed. Like, look at Emer O'Neill, who had, you know, racist backlash for calling out a racist joke at a comedy gig only a couple of months ago. You know, it's, it hasn't changed. Has it got worse? Um... I think we're I think we're just seeing more of an outcome of it as people are calling it out. I don't think it's gotten worse. I say we're hearing about the instances of it more mm. as you know there's social media, there's a movement yeah. behind it. Okay. Sam, thank you for, for getting in touch with us here in the programme. Um, 1800 453 is the number if you want to join us here today. Uh, Councillor Oremu uh, Adejimi is the Fianna Fáil councillor in, or a Fianna Fáil councillor, I should say, in County Longford. Um, what's your view on how this plan, like, Oremu, what do you think could be done to try and tackle racism in Ireland? Um, I think... Um it's uh, important that uh, we are aware that there is an issue and we acknowledge that there's an issue. Otherwise, um, we'll find ourselves um, opposing or, or being averse to whatever changes we need to make. So it is a problem. People have articulated several that there is a problem. Having these anti-racism strategies is a step in the right direction. It shows intent. It shows the will of uh, the government to, you know, uh, take decisive steps, take intentional steps to tackle the beast that is uh, that is racism, that affects people's ability to have a good quality life um, at work, at home, in, in the community. So having the strategy is the first step. I think implementing the contents of the strategy and, you know, everybody embracing um, the, the intent and, and taking a conscious, making a conscious effort to change our attitudes, to challenge our behaviours as well, because it, it, it holds on every individual to make an effort. Like the previous speaker has, has talked about, you know, taking it upon herself to challenge mm. when, when, she's, uh, uh, when she's made aware of it. We need to do that as okay. a collective. 
to ensure that everybody has, you know, there's equity in every aspect of society. Take a listen, um, Oremi, to um, this is Dr. Ibon Joseph, the founder of the Institute of Anti-Racism and Black Studies in Dublin. And just take a listen to some of the comments that were made on our breakfast here earlier this morning. We need quotas, number one. We need quotas because this is not going to happen otherwise. We need to make like um, make sure that companies are demanding that at least 25% of people who are interviewed are of migrant descent. It must be deliberately done. This, you know, we did it for gender. And we have to do exactly what we have done for gender to bring gender up to about 50%. We can redo that same pattern, that same process. Make sure that when you are recruiting, at least 25% at least must be of migrant descent. If that doesn't happen, the likelihood that you are going to get somebody of migrant descent in there is not going to happen. Do you agree with that, Oremu? Quotas? Yes, absolutely. I think uh, if I can pull from uh, uh, an old country song, we've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. And that's exactly a way to kind of hasten to the desired outcome. I think quotas have been shown to work. It is a temporary measure and it's something that can be introduced in in the short term and taken away once society has adapted and normalised having um, migrants, having more people that reflect society in leadership. That is what will, will, I suppose, compel other sectors, compel organisations, compel institutions to make it a norm to have representation of all in society in their institutions. I have a son in second, uh, in third level education and he's going to graduate in a couple of years. I want him to have the same opportunities that his counterparts are going to have because he was born in Ireland. He has spent all his years uh, being raised and nurtured and gone through the Irish education system. So the, the the worst thing to that will happen to him is for him to be othered when he comes to the work environment mm-hmm. because he's not going to understand why he's been treated differently to people okay. he has grown up with, people he's known all his life. I I think that this plan is due to be released um, this afternoon, so I'm sure there'll be plenty more analysis of it here in the, on the station throughout the day. But just interesting to get uh, people's views and perspective on this. Oremu Adajimi, who's a Longford County Councillor. Um, Oremu, thank you for joining us. Sam as well there. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.